All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you to everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. Before we get cracking on this one, we'd firstly like to thank our sponsors in Monster Energy, Fox Racing, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki, KTM UK, and even Strokes for all their support. As without them, this none of this would be possible. So yeah, go and support them whenever you can because they do a great job supporting us. So for today's episode, uh, we got an interview with um, special guest Bailey Malkovich, who I'm sure a lot of you will be familiar with. He's currently with the WBR Yamaha team, obviously a former MX2 rider with 114 Motorsports, junior world champion. So he's um, only only a young bloke, but pretty accomplished already. So thanks for uh, joining us, Bailey, and how's life, mate? Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, life's not too bad. Um, yeah, haven't been doing too much lately, but just been on the couch watching everyone's racing. Yeah, so talk, tell us a bit about, uh, obviously, it's still the same injury you suffered at the end of last year with Supercross, mate. So what have you sort of got a time frame and how is the recovery going? Yeah, banged myself up pretty good there. Um, yeah, time frame, I think I still have about at least two months or so with my knee. Um, yeah, I just got to see the see the doctor in a few days and he'll um, tell me how I'm going. <clears throat> but yeah, just slowly healing there. Um, ankle's sweet now. Wrist is good. My knee's just a waiting game now. So yeah, not too long. Just see what he says. And I think I'll be back on the bike, getting ready to start training again in at least two months. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously that's, that's must be pretty frustrating, mate, because you've obviously had a few injuries throughout your career. So how, how are you keeping sort of mentally? Is it, is it, so uh, you're going all right or you, you're finding it a bit frustrating? Uh, yeah, I had a few in the past few years, which is um, unfortunate, but I guess the season last year that I had, I had a few good rounds and had a win, luckily, um, just had a good preseason of Supercross too, um, really, really, really bumped up my spirits and made myself um, happy with my riding again, and I wasn't really down, whereas like before that, it was a few years before I won a race um, in a long time, so I guess getting that win and those solid um, days of training and all that under my belt again just made everything back to normal, made it easy. So just this is just a little setback and mentally, yeah, I'm fine. So lucky enough to have that season last year to really help me with this. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It was it was a good year last year. Obviously, you finished up third in the um, championship and one of the few blokes to, to take something away from Wilson Todd there. You got that win at Wodonga. So pretty, pretty awesome ride that. And the riding was good, mate. Looked smooth, composed calculated so how, how was it from from your end just battling with those dudes and obviously getting that continuity of being healthy yeah it was great to be back home racing these boys um had a few good rounds at the start of the year with uh three consecutive podiums and then unfortunately yeah it's taken myself out of real championship contention at round four um yeah it was good to be back on uh battling these boys was fun just i mean it could be there's a couple of little things you could do a bit better and stuff but I mean, we can work on those things and we'll definitely come back from this injury a lot better. So I was looking forward to getting on the 450 this year, but yeah, just a little setback from Supercross. Just, yeah, it wasn't meant to be, I guess. Yeah, it would have been, it would be pretty cool to see you back out there on the on the 450, mate, because obviously you planned to do this earlier because you're a bigger man and all that sort of thing. But you, um, you'll be on the new Yamaha and you, you'll probably feel like you'll be adapting pretty nicely to it when you're back, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, luckily enough, I got to give it a ride before I had my knee fixed because yeah. the knee was just hidden. Um, I couldn't really get on my feet properly with, with my ankle. And then once I got going again, we realized my knee wasn't good. So 
I got a few days in on the bike and the new YZ450 is unreal. Uh, definitely feels so much better. It's like a 250, but it's a 450 power. So it's just unreal, honestly. Turns good and yeah, it's just a good bike so far. Yeah, all, all the reports from probably everyone around the world racing it, it's sort of uh, nimble, agile, just, yeah, feels really comfortable and everything. So you obviously, you feel on that, mate. And obviously you saw on the weekend, all the Yamahas doing pretty awesome too up the top there. So yeah, exactly. obviously it looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, it's doing its job and definitely making life a lot easier for most of the field. So Yamaha is definitely the top bike so far. Yeah, no worries, mate. And um, obviously the last few years have, you've, you've experienced a lot in a short space of time, obviously the Junior World Championship and and then you headed over sort of a little while after that to, to the MX2 and had a, had a crack at that. And um, obviously with 114 Motorsports, must have been a pretty amazing experience, would have learned a lot and just probably sort of got got your feet wet in, in what it's like at that level with the professionalism, the discipline, just the sheer dedication they have and everything to that. So how, how would you sort of see as your key learning takeaways from that? Yeah, I mean, the year before I went over, I was looking to get over there the year before, but unfortunately that fell through and that didn't come ahead. So it put me in a sticky situation for the 2019 season here in Australia, just uh, lucky enough to scoop up a ride and support with Husqvarna and the team DPH. Um, yep. Yeah, so we got through that season. But then, yeah, heading into 2020, uh, we went over there real young. Um, was a little bit unprepared, wasn't prepared for the way they do things over there. But these days, I know really what the go is and how to handle those things. But, yeah, just everything was going pretty good. Uh, was coming in pretty healthy and fast. Just my pre-season, first preseason race of the season. Just unfortunately, a rider crashed in front of me. I um, collected him, went off the track and... Then I tore my ACL on my right knee. So, unfortunately, we didn't get that repaired until the start of 2021. Um, so, I had to race the whole season way behind and just trying to repair that knee the whole time with the weekend on. And eventually, it was um, three three races in one week with that with COVID. So, yeah. just by the time we got things going um, and started getting more confident and a lot faster i mean we ended up getting good starts most motos especially the last rounds we were nearly getting whole shots we were up front for half the moto just still way behind where we needed to be with that injury and just yeah unfortunately we come to song when the season was over so there was talks of trying to get a ride there the year after with the same team but just yeah with the knee i guess it was just a bit easier to get someone else so um yeah it was just unfortunate that the shot we had over there was cut pretty short with that injury but it definitely learned a lot and it's definitely a whole lot different story over there so um you got to be ready and yes if you're injured it's just uh, real hard to get back going once it started so it was a great time i enjoyed everything while i was over there um maybe in the future i might end up back over there again but at the meantime just working on getting back on the bike and sort out what's new yeah, it's pretty brutal, mate. Sort of the time time waits for no one in, in motocross, eh? And obviously, you, you did pretty well with that handicap, obviously. And it, it was a it was a pretty nasty injury. It took a long time for you to get over. But um, it must have been pretty cool while you're over there racing some fellow Aussies and, and in the same team even. So, obviously, with Beaton, Crawford and Evans over there at the same time as you, did you sort of have a little mateship going on with the, with the Aussies over there, mate? It must have been pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, once we got to the races, it was great to see Jed and Mitch. Um, unfortunately, we didn't see them too much mm. prior, um, just because um, Beaton was in Belgium. 
with the Husqvarna team and we were down in south of France with me and Crawford. Mitch came down eventually, I think, but uh, yeah, he was in Italy most of the year. But it was great to see them at the track. Um, yeah, with Crawford and I in the same team, it was good to have a fellow English talking person and Australian there, which was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was all good. And then I think after a while, we just started butting heads just from random things. But I guess that was just for me being young and um, just a lot of pressure on the both of us. So things between us didn't go too well, but <clears throat> that's the past. And I guess we've moved on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was great to see the rest of the boys over there. Um, it's definitely a good year for the Aussie boys over there. I think there was five of us um, mm-hmm. at one stage. So it was pretty cool. Um, definitely helps to just have a chat with them at the track and stuff. Don't even talk about racing. It's just gets you off things and definitely helps a lot. But yeah, no, it was great. Definitely another experience for sure. Yeah, because obviously going back, obviously I remember the, one of the motos you got seven, I think it was at Mantever in the second where you were battling with Yago and, and Olsen and those kind of dudes. And that, that must have given you a fair bit of confidence that you could sort of compete with these dudes, even though you were injured at the time i'd imagine so yeah it's, it's just so hard isn't it like so you just need that like with even someone like jorge prado he's elite but he's always getting those injuries so he just can't build up that solid base so you obviously plan to get back there one day you mentioned and obviously the the 450 would be pretty cool you just got to prove yourself and get those results in australia and that's the aim obviously is it mate or america at some point even yeah i mean my eyes are open to all all options, um, even to like I'm still focusing on 250. If I do plan to go overseas somewhere, as I'm still young, um, yeah. <clears throat> I can still ride the bike fine. Um, I can get to a perfect weight for it, also. So, just in Australia, I thought to myself, well, I can race 250 class, but I feel like to do my best results in Australia and really show what I'm capable of, going on the 450 was a good option for myself here. Um, whereas if I race supercross in America or go back to Europe. I would definitely try to go 250 first. Yeah. Um, if anything would pop up, that'd be um, definitely my key option. My main focus would be to go over there, as in I can always fall back on Australia. So, um, but yeah, with um, the racing, like I was getting that seventh place. I think that was Moto 2, maybe. Mm. It was a real good confidence booster for myself. Um, the team owner, Giacomo and um, Livio Lancelot, we all, <clears throat> that made our day, really. It showed that. We really could be there. Um, but then the knee injury was still very bad. Like I was getting the physio there to strap my knee up super bad before the day and get some physio in between. But I think Moto 1, I had a good start as well. Just I dabbed my leg halfway through the ra- uh, first lap and I got passed by about 12 people because I couldn't use my leg. So yeah, that just made things hard. So I had to really focus on smooth riding not banging my leg and the 250 class pretty much anywhere is like crazy compared to the 450 the boys over in Europe just first few laps is just insane sprint speed they don't care like if you're in there you're the berm or it's just bar banging if you have an injury and you're trying to protect yourself it just makes things a whole lot harder so a good start over there helped a lot um, especially when the whole field's nearly the same pace so by the end of the season we had those starts good and we had a little bit more fitness, so we were up there a lot longer. But, I mean, it was even great. Speaking back to the last round, like I, I went for the pass on um, Vial on the first lap yeah. twice. So I tried to get into the lead twice. And then I had beaten behind me in third for, I think, 10, 12 minutes. And then, unfortunately, I tucked the front. And then from there on, I was puffed. So that was great. So it was definitely a lot of highlights at the end of that season and to get some good results. I mean, 
we started off barely getting in, like barely getting any points at all, some rounds, and that was just uh, hurtful. It just sucked mm-hmm. to put in all that yeah. work and just knowing that if we didn't get that knee injury, we could have done so much more. Um, and the team knew that and myself. So it just sucks. It's just racing. Everyone gets hurt and just timing was just unlucky for myself. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, having those those good results near the end of the season, just um, we thought we could do something for the next season. Um, there was talks of even getting my knee fixed prior to the end of the season and having something sorted for next year. But unfortunately, that never came about. So that's why we kept racing. So to do all those rounds with the torn ACL and a bit of meniscus getting stuck all the time was just hard work. So I guess, yeah, we live and we learn. Uh, just trying to stay healthy now. Both my knees are fixed. They both yeah. feel pretty good now. It's just a waiting game and hopefully we put these injuries behind and we've got a, a still a um, lengthy future ahead of myself. So hopefully we can get mm. some more achievements done. Yeah, it was pretty pretty valiant effort really when you when you look back, mate, sort of doing what Nate Thrash is doing now. So, similar kind of thing, just racing um, with that bad knee. And you probably might be looking forward to um, the, the 450s over here as well because obviously that'll give you massive experience with the likes of Tanti, Ferris, Beaton, Duffy, Gibbs, Clout, Webster, Waters, Metcalf. Yeah, the list goes on. It's it's pretty crazy, the Australian series. It's probably speaking to a couple of the guys like um, Beaton and Webster and, and Regan before the season started. They were saying probably in maybe the last 10 years is probably the best you know strength and depth we've had in Australia. So to throw your name in the mix, mate, it'll definitely be a good um, good test and a good sort of experience gainer for you too. You're looking forward to it? Yeah, exactly. I haven't looked on paper also. It's it's honestly the most stacked that class has been in a few years. Um, yeah, we've still got the old boys in there. We've still got the young guns and we've still got the um, – not rookies now. But they've had a couple of years in there, but mm. like Tanny himself, he's proved himself. He's the champ. He just had a really good round at Appen. Um, it would have been unreal. Like Even the 2D class is still stacked with some younger boys coming in. We have some good talent right now in Australia and definitely my my mindset was I could battle for a championship in 250 or I could even battle for a championship in 450. But if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. And that's just what I think is the best option to be racing 450. Um, I can always go out and probably win a couple of rounds in MX2 and even fight for the championship. But I also believe that I will benefit more myself doing that and learning in the 450 class. So that's my headspace and my my point of things on this season. Um, I wanted to get out there against those boys and race them while they're still there and learn and um, definitely would have been great. So, Yeah, the future in Australia is looking, looking pretty bright, obviously, with the Lawrence brothers doing their thing and, and Mitch and guys like Jed and yourself and Crawford and these kind of guys. It's just, um, it's looking it's looking exciting, obviously, for the for the nations in the future, but um, I just on the weekend watching the racing, like it's it's pretty pretty amazing. Were you, was there anything that's really um, caught your eye um, on the weekend? Obviously, Crawford was pretty impressive in MX2 with that, especially that little inside line he um, figured out where he was just monstering people. And then Ferris, what what, what do you got to say about that? It's just impressive, isn't it? Yeah, I mean track track quality was uh, a bit usual there. I mean, yeah. they usually they knew it was going to be hot, so they watered it a lot. But yeah. I mean, they I think they overdid it in the morning, which made the track kind of hard at the start of the day. Yeah. But yeah, Crawford and uh, his trainer um, Crawford as well, double O standards. They are uh, they were ever a good night touch team. Um, they are obviously were watching their MX three race as well and the lines. So they seen the boys going up that inside line, and I don't think um, 
Lawwood, Bud and Todd were really paying attention to that. Um, definitely Crawford had the upper hand with that line. He was more creative and he uh, definitely stood up a lot more like he needed to on that type of track and he rode it smooth and smooth fast. He just showed them boys that th- that day was his. Uh, that the rest of them just didn't have what he had that day. So I guess they're going back now and working hard and watching, hopefully going back and watch what they did wrong. But that's what the 2 class is just the Crawford's day. Um, he really showed what he's capable of and we all really know what he is actually capable of. So he's healthy, he's fit and he's a really good rider. So with the 450 class, Ferris just absolutely smashed him in the first one. And then that back-to-back, yeah, another two good hole shots, just that one over jump, put him on the ground. And that was a, yeah. I believe he pulled off maybe to straighten his bars or something because he got back up in six and then ended up 11th coming back up to fifth again. So wasn't for that. I think he would have had the overall, but Tanny did what he had to. Rode smooth, smart. He's a good rider on that stuff. And also up in Queensland with Crawford as well. Um, they're all in a tight team. They all push each other. So they rode the same, picked good lines, rode smart. And yeah, I mean, Ferris is a man to man on the move right now. Tanny's nice and solid. And um, yeah, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty savage conditions there, sort of nudging 40 degrees there. The, have you heard from any of the, the blokes sort of... Uh how they coped with it all. And Mossy was obviously um, on the Yamaha there too. Have you heard from a few of the boys how they managed it? Um, I think, well, with the Queensland boys, they did pretty well. I mean, they're pretty yeah. used to it. Whereas like last year when I was up there also, it was very humid at this time with all the rain we had. Um, we're still pushing out those motos in the heat. Um, so they handled it pretty well. Uh, but I think some of the Victorian boys really struggled as it's pretty cold down here right now, most of the days. Um, New South Wales boys probably weren't used to it also, but I do believe Tanny did really well. I mean, even after the first back-to-back, you could tell he wasn't even stressed. He wasn't puffed or anything. Webster's a fit guy. He was pretty good. Beaton's fit too. He's good. Ferris, we all know Ferris will do anything. So even if it was 50 degrees, he'd be able to get through. (laughs) The Waters always battles on, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a machine. So Waters did real well too. So it's just... I didn't hear many, many excuses. Everyone had their ice baths. Everyone knew it was going to be hot. Um, but yeah, I think a few boys did struggle. I think Mossy not being prepared really because he's a busy man working and wasn't really not really prepared for the full season. So yeah, wasn't expecting him to go out and smash it, but he did real well. And I guess it got a bit to him at the end of that second back to back. And I think he had to pull off. I don't know if it was because of the heat or not, but uh, thinking that's what it was. But yeah, I mean, it definitely took a toll on a lot of people, but it really showed who's fit and who's ready for it, who was up top and been able to push that whole time. Yeah, no, it was it was a good day of racing, mate. Certainly the boy the boys earned it yesterday, that's for sure. And just in general with Australian motocross, obviously the, the state of play is actually like quite a good quite a good place at the moment. If um obviously you've been in the in the paddock or around the professional level here for quite a few years now. Have you noticed a stark improvement in things recently? Yeah, coming coming back from overseas where they're very professional and they really take things a whole lot more serious and pump in a lot more money and stuff. So they're definitely there to do a job. And I think these last few years in Australia, the teams have really picked it up. They're really more professional and they're really there to do their job. And the riders are doing the same. They're more focused and the teams are there to do their job and get things done. So I feel like motocross in Australia with the help of some more sponsors and um, with more support, with like we have the TV now, um, we have a lot more um, spectators also. I mean, it was a bit hot on the weekend, so we didn't have too many at the track, but there's a lot watching on TV. So it's definitely helping out the series. Um, 
so I feel like in these next few years, if we can keep that up, it's going to grow and it's going to help out our community here in Australia. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And you're doing a bit of training at the moment too, aren't you? So we're training a few young blokes and stuff, just um, while you've had a bit of time with the injury, how, how, how do you sort of see that? And is that something you want to do in the future after you finish too? Um, it's Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I like to help kids. Definitely, it's better to get them in the right um learn the right techniques and the right traits before they try and push too hard. Um, definitely want to be, if you're real confident in your technique and you're smooth, you have less, less chance of getting hurt. So I like it. Um, it's good to see little kids imp- improve and even some older boys um, just trying to get safer and just more technique. Um, I really enjoy it. It's definitely um, an option to do once I finish racing, but at the moment now, yeah, I don't have much to do. So I feel like I want to be at the track and I want to help out people also. So it's yeah. definitely a nice option for myself. And yeah, plan on hopefully making something out of this um, here in Australia. I want to plan on doing things like that, some schools and definitely with my partner. She's a qualified PT now. So we're doing things like that. Hopefully we can get some kids to do some training courses and then get into the gym also train with myself and It'd be really good for young kids and definitely show them what you have to do to be at the top of this sport in Australia and um, definitely make some people realise what you have to do and definitely have a fun while doing it. Yeah, it's pretty important, obviously, for you can't just, you know, it's not all just on the bike. You've got, you've got to balance it out and, and do all the work in a range of fields. So it's, I'm sure they're grateful for your sort of expertise, mate. And um, talking about yourself, how what would sort of your, when you were growing up, was your dad like your key man because you're a pretty technically proficient sort of smooth rider a lot of the time? So was there any sort of professionals you looked up to as a young bloke or um, a lot from your dad or just, yeah, what were the sort of major influences on you growing up? Uh, yeah, when I was growing up, it was more, I think once I got onto the 65 and upwards, we really focused on off-the-bike stuff with uh, Nathan Crawford, so Double O Standards, who uh, Tanny's training with right now, and so is Crawford. Um, we were a big part of with him back in 2012, I think, and when we were up in Queensland. But, yeah, my dad's just been with me the whole time and still is. Um, just picks up on things when we go to some coaching clinics when we were younger, um, picking up on little things like your feet and all that. Now these days, kids, they learn that super quick. And, I mean, I learned that myself fairly late i mean when it when it when it, when it come in so i think i was on tuesday back then once you five when i learned that um but yeah my dad would really watch a lot of riders and try and pass things on to myself it was mainly dad as my coach and we'd go back and forth with a few people just to dip our toes in and learn and see what they can critic ourselves on but yeah. i think yeah i'm really i really focus on technique myself smooths fast and definitely being a tall rider a lot of limbs you have to be real smart where you put yourself and if you're dangling off the side of the bike and really hurt yourself so i think yeah that was a nice big part of that um and we have a few little coaches i have i still speak to a few of them and we're real close um yeah definitely always learn things especially now i'm still learning so that was great and definitely dad still still helped me out to this day yeah, I remember speaking to Regan. He was saying his dad used to sit him down and make him watch um, video videos of Everts. So did did you have that similar treatment when you were a young fellow? <laughs> um, didn't really get told to watch certain people, but <clears throat> I guess watching like Villapoto and Chad Reed and Carmichael Stewart and days when they're doing their thing over in America, racing outdoors and Supercross, 
it was more, I think when I was real young, Chad Reedos, most Aussies is there. Yeah. They look up to Ryder. Um, but as it went on, it was Villapoto and Dungey. And I think now Anderson's my guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, just like his flow and the way he rides. But it was more, yeah, you can watch them, see what they're doing, where you stand up a lot longer. It's going to help you out. So definitely looking at them, you can learn things also. Not even being there on TV, you learn a lot too. Just got to remember them and try and put them into motion yourself. Yeah, absolutely, mate. That's it's probably the hardest part is implementing it, and then yeah, implementing it at speed is is the next step, I'd imagine. So, but um, do you still watch? Obviously, you watch the Supercross. Do you watch still a bit of MXGP? And do, what, what's your? I don't know if you have an opinion on it, but do you do you like the new um points for qualifying races rule they have and things like the age rule? Do you are you a fan of those kind of things they have over there? Um, I'm not too sure about the age rule, whereas I guess that kind of helps with you get the riders like hurlings where you just win, 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 win. But yeah, I think these days when they start winning, they like to go up anyway because um, they can know they can do really well in that 450 class. But I mean, I wasn't real. T- I wasn't certain on, I mean, I wasn't aware of those points until I got told after the um, races where like, oh, he got some points, Prado's the points leader after the, heat, the qualifying yeah. race. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> a bit different but i guess it kind of puts more emphasis on that race whereas before it was just the gate pick yep. where now it's actually worth something other than just mm-hmm. the gate pick so it puts because the riders were like most races where the track conditions weren't the best like we don't want to go out there and race just for gate pick yeah. um where now it's you can get some points for this so i guess it really i like it yep. um we could definitely use something not like that maybe but in Australia to get more racing in is where we don't have many rounds as them, not even close. And yeah. half the time we're not doing much throughout the year. So that's the same thing. We can improve on that in the next few years, adding me more races, hopefully, but that's just going to help with track places, locations and all that. So it's definitely not an easy task, but yeah, I definitely see what they've done this year as an, as an improvement. Yeah, it's definitely something they want to bring in for the fans to make that Saturday a bit more appealing. Yeah, obviously as well, and have a bit more jeopardy attached to it. But yeah, did you find it um, a bit annoying in Australia how the rounds are not many and they're so spread out? Does that uh, talking to obviously you talk to the other guys are they pretty annoyed about that too? It sort of divides opinion, obviously. Yeah, I mean it's it kind of sucks because especially if you're going good and then you got to wait three weeks to the next race. Yeah. But whereas things as I got lucky last year where when I got hurt, I had four weeks off until the next round. So I didn't miss more than one round. So, I mean, once I crashed that first moto in SA, I yeah missed those two races. So that was a full round out. But I got back in time for the next one just. I mean, I only rode once beforehand, but scored some points. I think I was two points, one point off the podium, luckily. But that saved my saved myself in that in that season, really. Um, that time off giving me even after that I think it was two weeks off after that to get myself sorted again but I mean I still I don't think until the last round I was back till 80% so it helps in a way if you're injured but once you're healthy and you're getting going you really want more rounds because you feel like half the time you're doing nothing you're just training you don't know if you're going to push super hard during training if you want to tie yourself out for a long yep. it's, it's a long season but no right not many races in it so it's super spread out. Yeah, it must be sort of a bit of a challenge to deal with, but I suppose that's the, the probably the nature of it with the the organising bodies. And I'm not sure if the teams would like more races generally. I'm sure the riders probably would, but it's just 
just the way it is made in Australia. But it's still, there's still, there's no doubting it's a, it's an excellent series. And I was speaking to a couple of the guys like um, Beaton and Webster on your Reeves team. Obviously, they were contemplating, you know, they might do some MXGP and some AMA rounds. Um, is that that's might might not be on your plate, but that that sounds pretty cool. That there's teams out there with giving riders opportunities like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't see anyone else doing that other than Eve or with the World SX for <clears throat> CDR. Yeah, I don't really see anyone else doing that or having the um, resources to do that. Where if Eve now has his team in America for Supercross, um, a possibility with connections over in Europe with Honda to try and get maybe a, like a little ride. Um, but yeah, that'd be great to do things like that. But for myself, yeah, I'm just focusing on Supercross now. Yeah. As in, I won't be ready to be up the top where I want to be. I'm not going to come back in motocross and ride around in tenth. So, yeah, just not what I want to do. I want to come back and make my team, give my team what they deserve, and definitely show what we were capable of. So, Supercross will be the main focus. I believe yeah. I'm a I'm a real contender in that in that series. Um, unfortunately, yeah, my injury came from Supercross, but that's just the way it is. You get hurt riding a yeah. cycle bike. So it's yeah. things happen, a little mistake on my behalf, but that's Supercross. And on a 450 now, I mean, I can do some good things and I believe that myself and the team are ready and we can put in a good result. Yeah, do you, do you obviously prefer Supercross to motocross? Which one do you feel you're <clears throat> naturally better at? Um, I really like the jumping side and the whoops of the supercross. Um, I guess I'm pretty good at judging the jumps and I'm pretty agile on the on the bike and can put it where I need it. So I tend to hit things first when we're at the practice track and yeah. get things dialed in pretty quick. Um, after the few years, like just once I got more used to, well, once I got more into my professional career, it was a lot more tracks like over in Europe. You have to learn them super fast. Super far. So now these days, Coming onto a super gosh track, it takes about three laps and I've got it sorted. So yeah. I'm pretty pretty more onto the supercross side of things. Whereas unfortunately, I mean I hadn't done it until last year for I think it was a two year span between yeah. last times I did it. But um yeah, I wanna wanna really have supercross as my main my main focus. So um if I could get to America one day, that'd be unreal. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got many sort of tracks um, that you that are readily accessible to practice on, mate? Once you once you're fit and healthy, is there many around? Um, there's a few I know of. I lucky enough have some nice close family friends um, that have a track up a couple for me to be able to ride. And up in Queensland, there's a few a few mates that own some, and a few of uh, some local parks that have a couple, but. Yeah, it's definitely in Australia. Supercross is it's a hard, hard place to get onto mm. a track, a proper track to really push yourself and get what you need. Whereas, I mean, the boys in Honda, Eureve, they got lucky enough to get over to MTF and train yeah. over there, which is unreal. And that definitely improves them a lot. So definitely it was a good option for Webster. Um, definitely helped him. Wilson did really well with that yeah. also. Um with myself, if I had that opportunity, it would definitely excel myself super fast. Um, I definitely do believe if you have the right facility and the right resources, you can progress super fast. So in Australia, if you're struggling, it's just, it's hard to find a track, but mm. lucky enough, I had enough tracks to ride with my, myself and Ford last year. Um, but yeah, we just did what we did. We were pretty confident. I mean, we were fast. Yeah. Ter- terrible. Ter- yeah. Terrible start round one, but we come back to fourth in, I think six laps, but we were pushing hard, but 
I guess people thought I was pushing super, super hard, but honestly, it wasn't that fast. I just made one tiny slip up with the back wheel sliding out and that was it. So it wasn't a super big mistake. Just unfortunately, it was a bad place to do that. But yeah, it's Supercross is a big deal. It's not something to mm. take easily. Um, yeah, I definitely believe I'll be, once I'm ready and getting going, we'll sort out some suspension down here and then I think I'll take myself up to where I need to be and do my training. Well, it's pretty cool, Supercross, obviously. It gives you, obviously, with WSX and, and things like Paris and Stuttgart and, you know, America. And well, there's a lot of opportunities now if you focus on Supercross. So it's probably like a, a wise thing to sort of put your focus towards, mate. And obviously, those things are something you'd be looking at because you can you can do what Brayton does or what Anstey plans on doing this year, basically. 250 in America, then World Supercross, then Australian Supercross. So is that sort of where you might see yourself one day? Yeah, I mean, that that would be great. I mean, I'd rather honestly do Supercross, Supercross, Supercross and yeah. maybe a little bit of outdoors, but I would definitely rather train for Supercross over in America than do some Pro MX right now and then come back and do all the some World Supercross and then do the Australian Series. Um, it'd definitely be unreal to be able to do that. Um, maybe in the future that could be a possibility, but at this day and age and this time right now myself, I think... For now, a World Supercross opportunity might appear. Um, that just got to do with injuries, teams, yep. what the go is. Um, and then the main focus really is the Supercross series in Australia. So we'll get there once we get there. But, I mean, we have a long time now in between when it first starts. But right now, I'm just enjoying watching uh, the American Supercross right now. And just imagining myself being there would be pretty good. Yep. But, I mean, there's a long, still a long time left in this season. This year, um, yep. there's still a lot of races of Supercross to go. And I believe that it won't be too long, hopefully. And I'll see myself in one of these series. Yeah, no, it'll be pretty pretty awesome, mate. And what is, what's sort of sort of standing out to you at the moment watching the, the American series? Obviously, the, the Lawrence boys in the 250 class have been pretty flawless. But what sort of, who do you think is going to sort of come out on top of this battle between the heavy hitters, mate? Uh, yeah, I feel like the Lawrence boys are... Obviously, stepping it up yet again. If they stay on the bike, they've got that covered. It's yeah. going to be good to watch them race each other very shortly. Um, yeah. Which will be fun to watch because <clears throat> they're obviously very talented riders and they know themselves like they do in the motocross series. They're going to be close. Um, it's going to be great. Hopefully, they both get good starts and we can watch what we want to see. But racing's racing. We don't know what will happen. But yeah, onto yeah. The, the 450 class, that's, I mean, AP nearly had it and I was cheering for him i wish he got it but yeah yeah i think with um sexton with that penalty put him down seven points he's starting to lose that championship very slowly but he's the fastest guy for sure but with those mistakes those crashes still and some penalties unfortunately it's chewing him up but i mean tomac and webb they're they're there they're the vets they know what they're doing i think if Tomac doesn't go run away with some wins, I think Webb will be there till the end and it might be Webb's. Yeah, he just keeps grinding it out, doesn't he? You probably must look at some of these crashes these blokes are having and obviously like a Jeremy Sewer last week and he's had some big ones and he's done like 165 straight GPs <laughs> and then you have these little accidents and you get some savage injury and these blokes get up from that stuff. It must annoy you. Yeah, I mean, they're very flexible. Jeremy's very flexible. He's very fit. Um, definitely got out of that one pretty good. Uh, yeah, and then um, the crash on the weekend. Yeah, it's definitely he's a lanky boy, and he 
just like you said, he's the one lap he sits, he stands up through that rut, just clicks his foot and then takes yeah. him off the bike. So yeah, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, mate. I'll give you a couple more and um, then I'll let you go. But um, just sort of from your view personally, what what do you view yourself uh, in terms of your strengths, sort of mentally, physically, technically? Just yeah, from your perspective, what what did you say you're the best at? Um, I feel like I excel when the track's technical, um, and definitely one of the one of the top riders for the sand in Australia. Um, I do enjoy that over most surfaces. Just you need to be fit and ready for those types of conditions. But definitely when the track gets technical, I excel. And when you can't just sit down and hold the gas on, that's where kind of everyone's the same. But once the track gets ruddy like Appen and slows down and you really got to be persistent and precise, um, that's where I yeah, feel like I'm the best and really strong-minded. I mean, I don't really care who's behind me or what they're doing or what the point is. Like, you're not going to get into my head. So it's I've learned that over the years where – if you're right behind me, I'm not going to make mistakes just because you're right there. Whereas most people, if you're pushing them, they're going to be worried and they'll make a mistake. So just focus on myself. And that's what being strong-minded does. You just do your thing. If you get past, you get past. You don't 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 dwell on it and just do what you know what to do and it'll turn out right. So that would probably lend itself to you obviously being sort of dealing with nerves, not really getting too um, flustered before races. You're just on the job and you know what you got to do and there's there's sort of no need to be worried. So it's pretty cool. Uh, you can manage to do that because I know a lot of blokes do struggle with that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I might rock up to the track and might be a bit cocky, but yeah. I don't care if you think you're faster than me, you might be faster than me. But at that point, if I'm on the gate, I'm saying to myself that I am the fastest guy there at any day. And some days I might be off, but if you beat me, then I'll just go back and train and try and get the next time, but you're not going to get into my head and make me think I'm not going to win. So I'm not going to stop until the day's over. Yeah. It's, it's good to have a bit of an edge and a chip on your shoulder. And that obviously helps you perform the sort of your capabilities, mate, and get in the right zone. So that's nah, pretty cool, mate. And, but um, lastly, I just want to um, give you the opportunity. You want to thank anyone, the team, just anyone that's right behind you in your corner, mate. Yeah. I just, I mean, my family sticking behind me, um, helped me out. Uh, definitely WBR boys. Just unfortunately, yeah, not been able to do this motocross season so far. Um, but yeah, there are awesome, awesome bunch of people, family and team. Uh, definitely great to be back with them. Definitely all my personal sponsors. Um, and then, yeah, definitely my team last year. They definitely helped me out with my injury and had a great season with them. But yeah, onto those new things this year and just everyone that supports me. Just thank you. Yeah, no worries, mate. Well, I'd like to thank you for coming on and I'll just give the, the sponsors a quick shout out before we let you go. So, yeah, just like to thank um, Scott, Cherby's, AS3 Performance, Parts Europe, Even Strokes, Bell Helmets and Fox Racing and Monster Energy. We really appreciate everything you do for us to keep the site going and um, that's been the latest between the races um, with Bailey Malkowitz. Thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it again. No, thank you for having me. Cheers. See you later.